Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Jesus joined this morning. Please let's make welcome Mrs. Bostadi, Dr. Bostadi Ogulam. and give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords due praise and appreciation this morning for the gift of life. If not for him, where will we be? It is by his mercy that we have not been consumed. Just wave your hands and say thank you, Jesus. Lord, we exalt you. Hallelujah. Let's have a seat in God's presence. Uh, we thank God for yesterday. I was taking notes and my notes are full. Thank you so much, Pastor Falake, for putting up this conference. Thank God for those great uh, speakers yesterday, Ruth's marriage, Jay Bombs, and our mama, I, I almost said Reverend Mrs. Ibukwa Woshika. <laughs> Hallelujah. Such a wonderful, such wonderful sessions yesterday. And I first want to honor the man of God in the house that has allowed us to have this space. Come on, celebrate pastor. Celebrate pastor. Thank you, sir. You know, these uh, pastors, they are fond of something. They know how to choose all the beautiful, beautiful wives. In the entire community. Look at Pastor Falake here. Let me celebrate Pastor Falake Daniels this morning. <laughs> She's an amazing woman of virtue. A gentle giant. Celebrate her for me, please. Pastor, I hope you paid your full bride price. Hallelujah. Thank God for all the great men and women in the house. And celebrate yourselves, please. Say, Lord, I thank you for my life. I bring you greetings from my boyfriend of life. I call him my boyfriend of life. People call him Paitowa. <laughs> He's such an amazing man. Thank God for his life. He loves God so much. And he has influenced me a great deal. Even before we got married. He was following me up then. 
until he followed me inside his house. <laughs> I was telling, I, I was chatting with Mr. Woshika yesterday. I said, you people have said everything. I don't know what to say again. And he said, the Lord will fill my mouth with wisdom. So let us pray this morning. My own prayer is that, Lord, fill my mouth with wisdom. Let me speak as an oracle of you what is on your heart. The word in season that will heal, that will deliver, that will transform, that will cause a turnaround in many lives this morning under the sound of my voice. Lord, we decree here today, we say no marriage, no life is permitted to remain the same again. The Bible says you sent forth your word and it healed them and it delivered them from all their afflictions. Lord, you will send forth your word this morning. We trust you that you will do what no man can do. Father, we give you all the glory ahead because you will do great things again this morning. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Beloved brethren, Time is ticking away. Time is ticking. Something is happening across the globe. And the word that God gave me this morning for this meeting, because I discovered that when it comes to various topics in the body of Christ, we have heard it all. So I had to beg God. I said, what exactly do you want me to say here? And he said, tell my people to arise. Time is ticking away. That scripture says, teach us to number of days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. It is a privilege that you are alive in this place today. Life is not a privilege. After COVID, so many things happened. So many passed. But here you are, alive and well. In the body of Christ, there is a reason why. There's a purpose. And that's why I believe God is telling us to arise today. None of us is getting younger. And the end of the, end of the age is here. There is so much to do in his kingdom. There's no time to waste. There's no time for marital distractions. That's why God is telling us this morning... Arise. Tell somebody beside you, say arise. Tell another person, say arise. It means to become apparent, to emerge, to rise up. It may be said to someone who is sleeping, somebody who is sitting, someone who is down, or somebody who is even on a platform, but that platform is not where you are supposed to be. You belong to a higher platform. So God is saying, arise. It's time to jack up ourselves from slumber in the body of Christ as believers. Because a lot is happening out there in the world. Isaiah 61, it says, Arise and shine. There's so much darkness. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The time that we need to arise is now. Judges chapter 4 verse 4, it says, And now, Deborah, now is the time we need to get up. We need to arise from what I call marital slumber. Arise from marital slumber. You know, in those days, in Judges 
5, 6. It says the travelers walked along the byways, the village life seized in Israel. A lot was happening. There was so much fear. Things were not as they used to be, just like we have today. Things are no longer as they used to be. I traveled recently and a family, a Christian family came to me and they said their teenage boy now has a guy crush in school. And it's so common over there because of what they are being taught. So you now have to guard and guide your children from wrong teaching. Teenage boy. Same thing with some girls too. Beloved, arise. Oh. You need to arise. Arise. Stop listening to wrong counsels. Let me start with young ones here today. Those of us who are yet to marry. Some people have lied to you. And they tell you that, ah, you better try and manage. Sleep around small, low, so I can get a spouse. These days it's difficult. Men are few on earth. So just abide. No, arise from that. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't walk where sinners are. Arise. Go to where you can hear the true word of God. Arise. Brethren who are, who are courting, they feel like there's no way we can do these things. You know the way singles talk about sex, even on social media, they feel like it's a normal thing. And we have not brought some of those things into the church. That's a norm. You have to sleep around. There's no way you can be, you know, cutting before you get married. Some of those things are now normal. Ears are full. Brethren arise. Some people, like Pastor Falaka said, some ladies don't even want to marry again. They say because they don't want men issues. So it almost seems like a trend now that you get a surrogate uh, person and then get donor spam from nowhere because you don't want that issues. When I told my youngest daughter, I said, what do you think about this? Because at times you want to bounce some things off them. He said, that baby is going to have daddy issues. So that you don't even want to carry the pregnancy. I want to still keep my figure and my shape. I just have a child by myself and everything is fine. Arise, oh. Arise. What is not written in the word of God is not supposed to be in the body of Christ. Don't let the word squeeze us into its own mold. Please arise. You know, we've talked about, we've talked to women and we say, okay, you have to look good, you have to dress nice, you have to do all of this. And then before you know what's happening, why is it that when you want to have your photo shoot, you must, all your breasts must come out? And the men are having problems. You see now? What did he say? Big one. And then you slit everything. Go to tailors and designers who are made in heaven. <laughs> yes, there are different designers now. Some are made in heaven, some are made in the other place. We need to arise. The kind of matters that we are hearing in counseling room, you know, after listening to some of those things, the first thing I ask, is he a born-again Christian? They say he's a leader. The next thing I tell they say he's a pastor. 
There are no longer cases that you see outside there. We've not talked to ourselves for six months. No sex for one year. And children are in the house, they are watching. Mommy and daddy are fighting. What do you want to go and preach out there? Excuse me, your marriage is the gospel that you are preaching. Your marriage is the gospel that you are preaching. Somebody once came to me some years back. They brought the lady and she wanted to rededicate her life. In fact, she wanted to come out of a relationship. She was going out with a Muslim. And then I started counseling with her. I said, you know, you shouldn't be yoked with a non-believer, blah, blah, blah. If you marry a Christian, the Christian will take care of you. She said, mom, please, ma, don't go there. Ah. I said, I, I repeated myself. I thought she didn't hear me. She said, I heard what you said quite all right. And she said, the person that brought me to you is a pastor's wife. And the husband is terribly maltreating her. She said she just put to bed and she's in pains right now because the man won't do jack. Her stitches ripped. She had to go back to the hospital and she went on and on. And I'm like, who, who are these people that we are breeding in the body of Christ? Excuse me. Arise. Awake to righteousness. Awake to godly living. In those days, Things were not working well. And the Bible says, I, Deborah, arose. I, Deborah, arose. Singles, you shall not lack your mates. Don't let anybody lead you into what is not. Tall, dark, handsome is not written in the word of God. I want the one that is shapely, that is like this, that is, all those things, they are ephemeral. I'll tell you something. When I wanted to get married to my husband, I was, you know, we are obsessed with some of those things. I was looking for tall, dark, handsome too. I said, this guy is not tall. He's not dark. I know he's handsome. And it was a problem for me at that time. I will look at my, because I'm tall. I wonder if I marry another tall person. We just give back to giants. <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't even look for integrity. Some people will even say, I just want him to be a man of God so I can be first lady. Eh? <laughs> you don't even know the challenges that come with that. Wherever God has not called you, go and go and put mouth. Marry your friend. Singles. Marry somebody you can revere. That's your guy that is beside you. That's your friend that is, you know, winking at you. Can you respect him? Can you submit to him? Because that's the problem across board right now. Once a woman has little change, more than her husband, <laughs> she cannot be controlled again. You can't know a submissive woman until she has power or money. She doesn't have anything. You are the one providing her to tow, and you say she's submitting. She's not submitting, no, she's coping. She's coping. she has so much, she controls a lot and she's still seeking your permission for things that she could have made decision of herself then you know this woman is submitting and you want to make decisions in the home she's the one that is going to pay the school fees from whatever income she's making because for now you are not making that much I know we are talking about DGCO but since you men are here we are going to talk to ourselves is that allowed, Pastor? Yes. Thank you. She's still the one that will pay the school fees. 
and you say that you want to make the decision and you say, I think I prefer this school. And you make that decision against the school that she prefers. Ah, that's a submissive wife. That's the litmus test. You know, there are some women in the house. If the decision does not go their way, the house will be hot. You are a baby. Sister, you are not doing well. Arise. Arise. Do the needful. Do what the word of God says we should do. You know, we need to ask ourselves, is this the kind of marriage you budgeted for? So this all you were dancing, all there should be all the spending, all the money for the event planners. Is this the kind of marriage you came to have? Ask yourself. This is all you, this is the kind of life you want to be living. All the quarrels, misunderstanding, dissension, hate, hurt, distrust. Some people even say it. You know, we have so many platforms on uh, Family Impact Network, the ministry that the Lord asked me to found. And one day there was this conversation on one of the platforms that somebody brought all this. You know, there are some of these social media memes. Or what do you call it? <laughs> I don't give you another way to call it. Start calling it like that. Yes, yeah, so... All these social media memes. And somebody came and said, if you don't want trouble for your destiny, don't check your husband's phone. How many of us have had it? Then everybody will say, yes, so don't even check. No, it is not for believers. It is for unbelievers. That one is for sinners. But for believers, there is what you call the principle of oneness. Where there should be trust and openness. And that is how we keep ourselves in check. Otherwise, you know that life is no longer physical. I'm sure we have more people watching us online than sitting here today. So life is on our devices. So if you say that I'm open to your, my, my, your, my, my spouse, and you're not open with your device, you're joking. Because affair has moved from physical to what? device. It has mostly emotional affair. The emotional state. And it starts with all these devices. Somebody sends me a message and calls me babe. For what? But some of you, they will send you, married woman, hi babe, you're looking great. And you say, <laughs> you send smiley. It's not like this. Then now one will reply you, arise! Stop that nonsense. You are a single lady, a married man is sending some of those messages to you. That's where it starts. And you are leading people on. Destroying homes. The married men too have no shame. Because you are supposed to be a Christian brother. Highly respectable one. For that matter. So what happened to your wife's phone and number? Did you lose it? Go and get it and be sending those messages. May we not sleep the sleep of death. You know, Psalm 13 verse 3, it says, Consider and hear me, O Lord. I like David. He's a very sincere man. He knew the kind of sleep he slept when he was looking at that woman. He was sleeping inside. He says, oh Lord, help me, O. Enlighten my eyes. 
lest I sleep the sleep of death. A lot of believers are sleeping. And when you sleep, Matthew 13, 23, it says, but while men slept, the enemy came. A marriage that is so beautiful. You see people, the way they want to propose, you know, as they are kneeling down, tears is coming down from the husband. The way too, he say, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Because they love, so, they love each other so much. But love is not enough. All these things they told us yesterday, we should put them into practice. Before you know what's happening, they have slept. They think once you say, I do, that is the end. That is the beginning. It's a certificate you are empowered with before you go to school. So you must now start to walk the walk. And let me tell you something. The enemy is not joking. The Bible says the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's trying to attack homes of children of God. And that's why God has raised some of us to go forth and liberate them from the shackles of the enemy. And today, in the name of Jesus Christ, every home, under the sound of my voice, you will receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You will receive a freshness in the name of Jesus. Whatever issues, whatever plans the enemy has for your home is thwarted right now. In the name of Jesus. Pastor, some people come to church, they are not talking to each other. When they get home now, how are you? Fine. Will you eat? Yes. Are you okay? Yes. That's all they say. Children of God, arise from marital slumber. That's sleeping the sleep of death. Because at that point, the enemy will now, once you stop talking with your spouse, the enemy will be giving you things to say. Will be talking to you. Will be indoctrinating you. Because you have stopped listening to who you should be listening to. We'll get there. Let us go back to the drawing board. To the basics of the word of God. Stop all this side chick, side cockerel in church. Stop it. It's not meant for believers. How can you be having a crush in the body of Christ? May you not be crushed though. The Bible says so that there will not be immorality. Let every man have his own wife. And let every woman have her own husband. After that, that's the solution for it. A lady came to me, in fact, a pastor's wife, and she said she was in a meeting of ladies, and they were talking about, no, there's no, there's no big deal that, you know, you can have some people helping you by the side. And she said she really wanted to understand what they were talking about. And this group had men that were furnishing them with finances. There was, there's what you call financial infidelity. If I collect money from a man that I cannot show my husband, I've committed financial infidelity. And if you as a man is spending money to a woman, a lady, and you are deleting your tracks, that is financial infidelity. You know, I'm, I'm an infidelity recovery specialist. We have to go and take certification for this purpose. Because the cases are too many. You must set boundaries for your life. You must set boundaries for your life so that you can succeed in life and in marriage because every one of us will give account to God of the things we have done in the flesh so wake up from slumber the Bible just talks about, about Deborah we've been studying it since yesterday Deborah had she's a wife, she's a mother, she's a prophetess she had it all 
a president of our nation at that time. And how did she do it? I tried to study that scripture and I discovered that number one, and that's the number one thing for today. For Deborah, it was Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. She understood it. In the beginning, God. You must put God first in all that you do. Psalm 127 verse 1, he says, Except the Lord build the house, <laughs> they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord watches over a city, they just wake up in vain. Be sure that you have a relationship with God, an intimate relationship with God. Be sure that you know him one-on-one. -on -one. It's not enough that you come to church. Oh. Even the devil used to gather with the children of God. So, my dear single brother, don't say because the sister comes to church. You are members of the same church. That is not enough reason to marry. Does she have integrity? Does she know the Lord? See, it gets to a stage in your life. You know the Lord personally. Your work with God is intact. Can we go back to that old time religion of having quiet time? I know we're in Lagos where it's so busy. But Jesus woke up a great while before day to meet with his father. You must have an altar where you relate, where you worship. Pastor Mrs. Sedi, Deborah was a great worshiper. You wake up in the morning. I hope your praise worship does not stop in church. When you go to your personal closet, you must lock yourself in and you are worshiping God and at times you are just crying. You are awed by his presence. You have intimate sessions with the Lord. You have a time that you study the word of God. There's this man that I love so much. I love putting on his uh, music as background. This is Victor Thompson. Oh my God. I used to have Nathaniel Bassey in my worship session. You know, my personal devotion. I, at times I will shift to do things. You know, all this are available for us. It con there's atmosphere for miracles. There's atmosphere for sex. That's why we tell uh, wives, make your room, bedroom conducive. Don't make your bedroom look like the masquerade shrine. Where you have different colors, the bed sheet is colored. Why do you think that sex in the hotel is nice? Because the atmosphere is conducive. Put the petals, put the perfumes, put everything, and you're going to have a nice time. So there's also atmosphere for miracles. Atmosphere for worship. You can use some of those background music and then you worship God and you watch, tell him how he is, how much he means to you. Oh my God, thank him for everything. Just be highlighting things that he has done in your life. You must have that relationship with God. Have a time where you just say, today I'll ju I just want to pray in the spirit for like an hour or two. And you go on and on. The Bible says you are charging up the battery of your spirit. Let me tell you the truth. Nobody can combine all these things normally. Without God, we as believers, we cannot exist. And we cannot survive. I like that scripture in John chapter 15. <clears throat> it says that I am divine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, eh, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, let me explain it to you. And I will conduct an exercise now. A lot of us know the roles of a man. True or false? True or false? We know the roles of a woman. True or false? What should a woman do? 
summary of what a woman should do. Hmm? Okay. How about the man? To love his wife. Okay. And a woman should submit. How many did not know that? We know it. How many of us know that? Wave your hands. We all know it. But is it all the people that know it that are doing it? Obviously no. Why? Because of a particular reason. You see, there are times that you are struggling. What I want to say now, if you abide by it, it will help you. You will automatically ooze out the grace of God. And the spirit, you, you'll be bearing fruit effortlessly. The Bible says, abide in me and my words abide in you. And you will do what? You will bear much fruit. All these things that we're talking about, you know, that a wife should do, that a husband should do, they can be summed up in the fruits of the Spirit. All of them. But in order for you to bear fruit, you must remain in the vine. A Christian, how can you think you will become born again and you forget all those elementary things of yesteryears that you've been taught? You need to study the word of God. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night in order to observe, to do all that is written. Then you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. And you will have a beautiful home. You will become a lovely wife and a fantastic husband and a wonderful parent. You must be a doer of the word. And if you want to be a doer of the word, you must be reading your Bible. You must have intimate relationship with the word of God. Start your day worshiping, start your day praying, start your day studying. Do we even study the books of the Bible? You claim to be a born again child of God. You have never aimed at reading your Bible once. These are the things, these are the basics. Like Pastor Falake said, so that we will not be dull of hearing, we need to abide in the vine. All these things we talk about, they are all written in the word of God. When you read it, in those days when you read your quiet time, they'll say you should have a jotter. What did I read today? What is the word of God telling me to do? But you know, because we can quote small scripture now, everybody putting hand in pockets. Meanwhile, there's not much in the heart. The Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Then there's an approach to the word of God. It says, receive the word of God with meekness. That is when it's going to save your soul. When we do addiction therapy, I tell people, I say, we use the word of God. We don't use yoga. We use the word of God and it will work for you. Because it says he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from all their afflictions. Somebody say arise this morning. In fact, say I will arise. I will fulfill the word. Your relationship with God will determine and go a long way to determine the health of your marriage. If you truly fear God, you will honor your husband, whether you are richer than him or not. You won't look down on that man because things are tough for him right now. Because he lost his job and the money is not rolling in as it should, as it was rolling in before. You won't despise him. You will know you are there to help him and encourage him and speak kind words to him at this time that something serious is happening with him. You know, when God made a man, the first thing he gave him was work. It wasn't you. 
it was after the work that he now created a partner that will help him with the assignments. That's why we are called helpers. We are helpers of destiny as a woman. So when your husband even misses it, that's the essence of marriage. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. So when one is down, the other can lift him up. Not when one is down, the other should step on him and despise him. And the same thing goes with the man. Encourage your wife. Please, I want to talk to men this morning. Can you help us to be the correct wives that God has assigned us to be to you? Can you stop hurting those women? Because a lot of women are crying today. A lot are hurt. God told me that a number of people are hurt in this assembly. Because of marriage. Is it a crime to say I do to a man? Some of those things that you don't take as issues. They are big issues for us. Because a woman is attached to her home. Her home, no matter how much she's uh, prosperous out there, how much she's passionate for other things, that thing about home is just in her because she has a womb. So she's a nurturer. So anything about her home touches her. So when things are not going well in the house, the woman is affected. She's concerned. Last year, a lady was going to commit suicide. And when she told me what she had been going through, I was scared for her. I could only pray. And I thought she was married to an unbeliever, only for me to discover that he was an assistant pastor in his church. Please, let us pro stop professing this thing we are professing if we will be behaving like this. We all must arise because we want to tell the world this is how to do it. We need to arise with good and godly marriages where great children will be nurtured. That's why all these small, small fights, you must rise up from it at the end of this sermon. If you ain't talking to yourselves, you just tell your you just go to your wife, you just say, arise. Fight has finished. You sort the matter. You say, that, that's the end though. I'm sorry. You know, a number of times, people are saying, eh, I'm, the only, I'm the one that is always saying sorry. I'm the one. It's because you are the one that is saying. You are the one that your head is correct. Keep on saying the sorry. One day, your partner will wake up. Your spouse will wake up. I was at a marriage re rejuvenation course recently, and I was explaining how to say sorry. I said, Yorubas will say that sorry has male, it has female. And I, I, when I explained the sorry, let me just explain it now. No, you can, your, your spouse can offend you, and you just say, I'm sorry. You know, you've said sorry. And then you can say, you know, my darling, I'm really deeply sorry that I made you feel this way. It was not intentional. And I won't do that again. I don't mean to hurt you. I am sorry. Then they told me that that sorry, that latter sorry is for women. And that the surface sorry is for men. Arise. Stop that nonsense. Say sorry to the right way, whether you are a man or a woman. You know, when I started off in this ministry, I used to say it, massage is ego, massage is ego. Excuse me, the last time I checked now, 
there's no ego in the fruit of the spirit. So you as a man, you're not supposed to have an ego. Ego is a vice. A man is someone who is taking leadership and responsibility in his home. Protecting the wife, the children, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. Not somebody who is cocky and poppy. Please, let us all man up. Tell every man beside you, say, arise. Nobody should tell Pastor Ayo. I know Pastor Ayo has a reason. No. Number two. You know, the first one we talked about is your relationship with God. Number two. Deborah was knowledgeable of her assignment. At a time that Barak couldn't go, he said, ah, Said I won't go. Barak said, I won't go except you follow me. He said, Don't worry. <laughs> Just follow me, but don't worry. It will be said that the Lord God Almighty has delivered these people into the hands of a woman. She knows it wasn't just her, that is the Lord delivering. That God is the deliverer. God is the Almighty, is the present help in times of need. They're ready help in trouble. Excuse me, do you see that there that Deborah had to fight battles? So at times in your marriage. Everything may not be seamless. You may have challenges. In fact, God did not promise us. You know, when people come and give altar calls, then we tell them you will never have a problem again in life. Do you know it's a lie? Don't tell people that too. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. The Bible talks about the house that is built on the rock and the one that is built on the sand. The storms came. The wind came. The waters rose. Those things will come. But because it's built on the word of God, what will happen? It will stand. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Thank you. Because it's built on the rock, it will what? It will stand. So your home will not fall. Your home will not collapse. Somebody came to me like two weeks ago and she said she's had it up to here. She just wanted out. She had concluded. In fact, she had planned and I told her, you know, the Bible says be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God. And the peace of God will garrison your heart. When we tell people to pray, when they have marital issues, people say, it's the only thing you say is pray. What else will I tell you? Go to Babalao. Go to God about it. Because the hearts of kings in the hands of the Lord. And whithersoever he wills, he turns them. When you pray, God will open your eyes to what you need to do. He will direct your path. Please, let's make use of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our work with God. He will order your steps. There's no time. I would have given you even my own practical situations where I just, you know, allowed the Holy Spirit to lead me. And there was peace at home. If I had not abided by that, I would have missed it. You just allow the Holy Spirit because everybody is working out their salvation with fear and trembling. The Lord will direct you and he will say, do this. The Lord will direct another person and he will say, do that. You need to go and hear instruction. Download the instruction for your own manual. There is one here already, the word of God for everybody. 
But that specific instruction, especially at times that you are having trials in your marriage, you need to download it so that God will bail you out of trouble. Hallelujah. So the next one is that Deborah was knowledgeable. You know, the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. A lot of times we don't have marital knowledge. We don't have marital knowledge. And I thank God for the speakers yesterday. They did justice to how we can be a great and godly wife. We need to seek knowledge. Oh, thank you so much for giving me more time. You need to seek knowledge for your marital situation. It says, my people perish not because of the devil, but because of lack of knowledge. So you need to build up yourself. Let me just mention some one or two areas where you need to have knowledge of in the word of God. Every married couple must cram Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23. If you stray into my counseling room, you will cram scriptures because <laughs> it is as a result of ignorance. All these things are written in black and white in God's word. Ephesians chapter 5 22 to 23. Wives, honor your husbands as unto the Lord. You are not doing it because of him. You are doing it in spite of him. And, but it's not cooperating. Honor him. <laughs> you know, because we shall give accounts, when you are giving your accounts, I don't know if you are planning to say it's because of my husband that I didn't do this. It's because of my husband that I misbehaved. It's because of my wife. She didn't submit to him. So I just slapped her. Just became brutal and bitter. You are inexcusable. Own your, own your actions in life. That's why I don't like it when people say that eh, the man cheated because his wife was not uh, beautiful or because his wife was not wearing lingerie. The man cheated. Not his wife cheated. The man. He did it. He thought of it and he did it. Some women too will say, hey, it's because my husband was not providing. So one man was not helping me, you know, my helper of destiny. So <laughs> you did it. Don't blame anybody. Don't give excuses for your shortcomings. Own it. That's when you can go to God and say, Lord, I am sorry. I won't do so again. And he's a merciful God. If we say we have no sins, we lie. But if we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us. But please, we cannot continue in sin that grace may abound. The days of ignorance, God winter, from today, arise. And start doing the right things. So the area, that, that scripture, it just sums it up. It says you should honor your husband, reverberate him. Some people, they will honor pastor. They will leave their husband. If you can treat your husband like you treat pastor, wow. Treat your husband like you treat your boss at work. You will enjoy that marriage more. Because God knows that what men want is respect. What matters to them is respect. So he put that scripture there. No, but we didn't write it all. So don't come say, hey, where is it that every time? They say, I'm not your husband. Should the husband not honor the wife? Uh, uh, uh. Don't be angry. Go and meet God. That's why we tell you before you get married, don't marry anyhow. Marry the person that you can submit to. Marry the person that you can honor. Don't marry a foolish man. You know, there are times you see people around you, you say, This one, huh, 
See how he's even talking here? Huh? Huh? Don't marry him. Oh. He may have money. Just don't marry him. So that you won't have problems when you get married. And the Bible says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. See, the description is vivid there. In that Ephesians 5, 22-33. It says, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. You know what Christ is doing now? He ever lives to make intercession for us. He's telling God, God, please don't take it out on them. I know they've done something wrong. Please help them. Then he now sent forth ministry gifts to cleanse us. Hmm? To prepare us for the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's the role of Christ. And he's saying you should love your wife as Christ loves the church. So you shouldn't be the man. You know, some men in counseling, when, you tell, when they tell you about their wives, you will want to flog the wife with 60 strokes of the cane. They will so spoil and destroy the woman. The woman that we handed over to you, this is what you have made out of her, sir. Because you are the bridegroom. You are to groom her. We're not saying she doesn't have a fault. But you have to groom her. You have to man up and make her a better version of what they gave to you on the day of the wedding. Groom your wife. I can see the women are happy. <laughs> but it's the word of God. Love your wife like Christ loves the church. Let your wife ride the best cars in the house. And they will spoil it. Buy another one. <laughs> That's always the excuse. <laughs> we will know how good you are when we see your wife. We know how good you are as a man when we see your wife. How well you have groomed her. How well you have made her better. I like giving this example because it's out there on social media. Pastor Jerry, is he? He said when they first got married, the wife wrote, wrote it in her book. I've forgotten the name of the book now. Can you remind me? Pardon? How I Almost Ruined My Marriage. Please go and get it online and read that book. Fantastic book. Thank God for their vulnerability. She said when they first got married, she was a fighter because of her background. But her husband groomed her. Her husband was patient enough. Excuse me, Mr. Man, if you are patient enough, you will reap the fruits of your labor. If that marriage has scattered, I don't think there will be NSP... PPD. I don't think so. I doubt it. But he passed through. We are all in God's training school. Your wife or your husband may be your trainer. Please pass your exam. Let's, one and, let's make each other a better version of ourselves. Let's, that scripture, let us sink in help your man. He's misbehaving. Go to God on his behalf. Rescue him. He can't help himself. That's why God put you in his life. So that he can help and assist him. God knows that this man, he looked at God made everything. And he said, ah, he's good. Then he made Adam. And he looked and looked. He said, it's not good that this man should be alone. Maybe it's this destruction waiting to happen. I will make a help meet for him so that he can fulfill this assignment well. So be conscious of that. The principle of forgiveness. I told you earlier on, God told me that some people are badly hurt in this assembly. All eyes closed. All heads bowed. 
We just do that now before we go on. All eyes closed, all eyes bowed. I know this is a major thing. All eyes, please, closed. You are in that category, just wave your hands. Just put up your hands. Yes, I see those hands. Put it up and put it down. Put it up and put it down. Yes. Open your eyes, please. Quite a number of people. I want you to know that God is the one that specializes in healing the broken hearts. And he will bind up your wound. You know, emotional trauma is not what you can see with the physical eyes. When you have a cut on your hand, it bleeds. And everybody says, ho, ho, ho. So people are pleading and begging you and helping you. But emotional wound is deep. You don't see it. People around you may not see it. You are the only one crying within. And I've been there before. You are the only one crying to God. But God is promising something this morning. He will heal your broken hearts. And he will bind up that wound. Because if Deborah was nurturing emotional wounds, she won't be doing all that she's doing. She doesn't seem like a woman nurturing an emotional wound or a man nurturing an emotional wound. And I pray for you today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. So receive your healing now. In the name of Jesus, let the Lord breathe upon you, upon that wound, and heal you thoroughly. In the name of Jesus. I want to say that you need to forgive. You cannot say that, okay, this is the person that inflicted the wound on me. I won't forgive. You see, if you are holding on to burning coal, who will get hot? You are the one that will get hot. That's how it is when you hold on to unforgiveness. No matter what anybody has done to you, you need to let go. Please release. If you are a child of God, you have the spirit of God within you. And you have the divine enablement to forgive like God. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Scarcely for a righteous man, one would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that why we didn't know him, he died for us. So please forgive so that your heavens can be open. Some of us need to just let go so that we can move ahead. God wants to use you for great and definite things. The reason you are not arising is because of those wounds. And God has taken care of it today. In the name of Jesus. Principles of communication. You need to be aware of that. How to talk with your spouse. How to understand. See, we have two ears and one mouth so that we can talk less than we hear. Seek to listen and understand your husband first. Wives, you know, we are the ones that talk too much. Talk overload. Ask a woman, how are you? Ah, when I slept, then I woke up. Let's learn to listen. A number of men, you know, their nature, some of them don't talk. Let's listen and understand. Same thing with your husband. Since we are all here, you should learn to listen to your wife too. Some husbands will never allow their wives to talk. In counseling one day, a woman said, I asked her to talk, and I told her husband, please don't interrupt. And she talked for almost one hour. And the husband said, she has never talked like this before. I'm hearing these things for the first time in my life. For the first time. As if she was reporting her again. I said, excuse me, sir, you don't allow her to talk. When she wants to talk at all. And the lady, you know, she wants to say something. She will parambulate and parambulate and now utter a statement. But he was not patient. If we understand ourselves, all these conflicts in the home will be less. I'm not saying we will be saying the same thing. I come into America. But at least you will know why this person is doing what they are doing. Also, we have the principles of personality differences. 
there are some people that are choleric. Some people are sanguine. Please, go and read up and understand those things. I usually advise couples to take personality tests. So you know where your spouse is coming from and you know where you are coming from. You know your strengths, you know your weaknesses, and you know what you are up for. Because you can barely change anybody. Abi, is there any Spider-Man here that changes people? No. Even God has been trying with you all these days. See how you have been praying that the hearts of the kings are in the hands of the Lord. See how God has been helping you. You now want to change the man from how... There was a particular one about a man dropping off uh, stuffs. Please just pick and let's go. Let, let's arise from all that thing. Pick the thing. Your baby will drop it. You will pick it nicely. Then a guy will drop it. He's like, yeah. He said he's grown. But that's how he grew up. And you saw it when you were cutting, most likely. Some of the things you were complaining about now, we saw them. Please, if there are minor issues, I call some things fat. They are not meat. Let's work out. There are minor issues. There are no major issues. There are no life and death issues. Just wink at it. And I tell people, I say, you may have to get a glass. Put water or wine there. So you'll be sipping it. Be easy to sip it, sip it in. He that understands, let him hear. <laughs> Principles of conflict resolution. Differentiate your issues from your spouse. The issue, put it like tropilo in between you. Resolve the conflict. Don't be referring to your spouse. You, 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 cost it. Nobody wants to be called accused. Your house is not a law court where you are catching thief, where you are catching somebody who is the offender and the whatever. Learn to resolve issues. Read up these things. Go for courses. Go for courses. Understand what is written in the word of God. Build yourself up. Recently, I went to Rema. Rema Bible Training Center. You know it's not in Nigeria. No longer in Tulsa. Join. We are here. Ah, high five. You will understand the word of God more. You will enjoy God. You will grow spiritually. Ha. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. It says, but forget all that. See, whatever has happened in your home in time past, forget it. It's nothing to compare to what God is going to do. For he's about to do a new thing. He says, see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God has not even started with you yet. Let's rise up on our feet this morning. Go to God this morning and say, Lord, I rededicate my heart afresh unto you. I do this very often. I'll just say, Father, ah, I've not done well in this area. Lord, help me. I rededicate myself afresh unto you today. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. I'll make my home God-centered. We'll agree together that whatever is written in the word of God, in the manual, is what we both abide by. Lord, help me. Many might have gone astray today because they've shifted their gaze from the word of God, but you're coming back. You're coming back. You're coming back. You're coming back. This is your time. You're coming back. You're coming back. And is there anybody in our midst this morning? If Jesus Christ comes now, you won't go with him. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Can you just wave your hands wherever you may be? You know if Jesus comes now, you won't go with him. Just quickly come here to the front. As you have raised your hands to the Lord, just come here to the front. 
come to the front, come from wherever you are, just come to the front. The Lord is calling you. He wants to help you. He wants to ensure that you have a great eternity because it's appointed to all men once to die after that death is judgment and if you are not saved you are not safe where are those people who raise their hands are you ashamed of him come to the front we'll pray with you all of us made that decision one day and our lives are not remained the same again come here quickly we're waiting for you come come boldly thank you where are those hands again? Okay, maybe they didn't hear what I said. But just in case you are there online, you are there somewhere, you want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Make me whole. Make me new. I surrender to you today. Become my Lord and Savior. From this moment onwards, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Lord, make me yours forever in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for what you've done in the lives of your people. Lord, we will arise. According to what you have said to us, we will arise. I will take up our baton and run so that we can hand over a great legacy to the upcoming generation on marital bliss. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousengie.org for more.